0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Aviation Files, and welcome back to another podcast. Uh, Today again I'm here with Mr. Gautam.
1: Hey everyone.
0: Uh, Today, as you can see, we've uh, brought up this topic about why and how do planes crash. So the question why, nobody knows the answer to why do planes crash. Even we don't know, even the engineers don't know, it just happens. And when it happens, it's all up to the pilot, how well and how best he can handle this situation. Because uh, most of the accidents still now have happened because of human error. 70-80% to 80% of the accidents still now have happened because of human error. The rest 15 20 percentage is because of, uh, let's say, the planes itself, like they were not maintained properly, the engine failed or whatever and stuff equipment basically. equipment basically yeah <clears throat> and today we are going to discuss about Cactus 1549 otherwise known as the miracle on the Hudson so before we move on Mr. Gautam please give all the viewers and listeners a brief introduction about Cactus
1: 1549 <clears throat> mm, so C- Cactus 1549 uh, is or as you told, famously known as the Miracle on the Hudson, was a flight operated by U.S. Airways,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is not which is which is not an airline anymore. Uh, the flight was uh, being operated on a, on January the 14th, right? Mm. I'm not sure of so the date. We'll get back to it. Somewhere in January in 2009, and uh, why it is known as the Miracle on Hudson is because this flight took off and it got both which is like dual engine failure on a very low altitude in the history in the history of jet planes so basically because of what, because the,
0: of what was a dual engine failure
1: yep that's a interesting point oh that's the main thing main yeah. thing yeah. So, <coughs> yeah so what happened was there was a flock of birds uh, basically geese which, uh, travel during winter between Canada and, uh, North America. So, these pilots, uh, this plane took off and, uh, they went into a flock of birds. Not uh, by mistake. They were on their, they were on their... Takeoff roti- path, we can say. Yeah, they were on their routine departure path. Routine departure path. So, route. as they were climbing, so, as the reports say, uh at 2800 feet the, all this happened which is considered a very low altitude and uh, they they got and as the the film is as it is shown in the film too they got uh, one engine uh, they 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 heard one engine rolling back and then uh, instantaneously the other one was also rolling back in few seconds so this uh, incident was uh, followed by a water landing, which is which no one before that was prepared to do. Like so pilots
0: basically were never thought of, mm-hmm. they were not thought like uh, before entering into jobs, pilots mm-hmm. do type rating. So, if mm-hmm. let's say tomorrow an airline hires a pilot, they do type rating on the A320 because the airline has most of the A320s. So, mm-hmm. there is a set thing called type rating where pilots or basically new people are brought to that simulator which is like it moves all around and it's basically Mm -hmm. a plane which doesn't take off you sit in that and you do all the procedures you learn everything about the plane learn all the emergency procedures what if there's a fire what if there's oxygen decompression and everything but no one before this incident was ever thought how to do a water ditching because this incident Mm -hmm. was unprecedented and like said in the movie everything is unprecedented before it happens for the
2: first time
1: mm-hmm. and uh, if they would have been uh, like trained for such Change. a thing yeah. uh, they would have trained for such a thing then also it happened on such a low altitude that the thing which happened which followed the 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 scenes that followed was really a heroic thing
0: yeah, there, you cannot just express it the way it happened. It was just done. So, what do you think, Mr. Gautam, according to your, your point of view? Obviously, we are not, uh, we are not nobody to judge anybody because we still don't, have not flown that kind of an aircraft. But just say, let's say, what was your point of view when you actually heard this happening or when you actually saw it in the movie, in the news, in YouTube? Do you think the decision made by him at that time was correct before knowing that yeah it was the best decision he made that was the only chance that the survivors had the passengers had so was it the best decision at that time let's say the decision is still pending
1: i would have said uh like like everyone did at that time like he was celebrated in news but at the same time uh people were s- skeptical that whatever he did was right or wrong because people were thinking he could have made back to the runways if i was a person at that time i would have given it a thought that maybe maybe Mm -hmm. he would have landed on the runway everyone would have thought that he could have made it
0: back on the runway people still today they do
1: that even mm -hmm, though the verdict
0: has been given that uh sally has done the best and he brought back all the passengers alive people still say that yeah he could have actually come back to the
2: runway and stuff <laughs> but yeah, yeah nobody because,
1: to judge yeah. from the ground <clears throat> because whatever he did was yeah. a risky thing mm-hmm. because uh you have been trained to land on a runway uh more than that on a water body that to a frozen water body maybe because it was winter mm. so no one because no one would have known that the water is actually like the surface is actually water or it's hard ice
0: yeah the, you're sitting inside the aircraft you don't know
1: because it, it was a it was a big risk
0: it was a very big risk It was a very big if also we can say mm-hmm. so okay but you know in the scene in the movie we'll show to our viewers and for those of listening in the podcast, you can check on check it out on YouTube as well. So, uh, the captain he sees the birds in front. Okay, he tells his fir- he tells his first officer birds, and after mm-hmm. a few seconds, the birds hit. So, do you think in that few seconds he could have actually banked left, right, up, down? He could have done something.
1: Nope, because the plane was an autopilot, and uh, as you are saying, in few seconds. To correct you, it was not 2 seconds. It was like a blink of the eye. Mm-hmm. So, it was. It could have been avoided if you would have seen like 10 or 20 seconds before that, mm-hmm. because usually after takeoff, autopilots are engaged, and yeah. uh, to give any command to the to give any command to the airplane, you have to actually get uh like get to the knobs and shift it, or otherwise if you want to fly manually, you have to disengage the autopilot first. Yeah, the mm-hmm. autopilots and so, so that
0: is just out of the like you cannot do that, and plus out of it, yeah. And plus, you're you're not flying in a Cessna one seventy two that it can be done. You're flying in an Airbus A three twenty, so you have passengers at the back who can it's a be thrown left,
1: right, yeah. It's a commercial commercial jet, so the safety of passengers is one thing, but the comfort of passengers is, is also, also one thing.
0: yeah. And plus, it could have caused a lot of stress on the aircraft. Who knows? He must have put pulled the aircraft. Or bank the aircraft in such a bank angle that it could have caused stress. You never know.
1: These aircraft, these aircrafts usually have very, uh, what you say, very, like, very small bracket of, uh, structure, structure load. Mm-hmm. So any sudden movement can affect it like, or cause distress.
0: Yeah. So now moving on, let's go check out how the, I will just share my screen and just show you what all happened and uh, how the incident took place and what the rescue people did and stuff and everything and then we'll go on to the NTSB report so let's go to this thing first the first port over here Yeah. so mm-hmm. there you can see in the circle is a flat 1549 and let me tell you something, you would never see a plane so low and so close to the uh, w- uh, water. And if there's an airport in front, you would see it's landing just down. But here you can't see any of these. So this was a very unusual sight for New York. <laughs> I don't know where this photo was taken from, but this is one unusual photo. I mean, just imagine what those two captain and first officer would be thinking in the flight while they were
1: operating. This is- This is, I think, somewhere near the George Washington Bridge, because uh, uh, when they passed George Washington Bridge, they were at a low altitude. So, it's probably that area only.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Okay. And here, this one photo which was there in every news channel that day, and then every Mm -hmm. newspaper the following day. Miracle on the Hudson. Every
1: soul saved. Yeah. Every soul saved.
0: Miracle on the Hudson was, yeah. Like, now, see,
1: oh. now if I, I want to tell my fellow pilots, if you are going for a water body, this is what you are going for. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This should be your goal. This should be your goal. Nothing less than this.
2: Oh man,
0: oh, man. Like, you can see over here, all the passengers, oh, my God, they are standing on the wing. You know, there could be mm-hmm. so many possibilities here. Obviously, the engines are off, but. Fuel could be leaking. So many things could be happening, but no, these passengers just just standing on the wing, and then on these escape uh, uh, pads or whatever you call them. I'm not sure. Emergency deployment pads. Emergency deployment pads. Yeah. And here you can see all the rescue. These all are the police boats, the rescue boats who came. This is this is much later in the day when they were trying to bring yeah. the aircraft to the
1: to, so that they so can. So you can see. So you can see the plane has almost drowned.
0: Drowned, yeah. Like when they landed, also this was the the uh, the plane. Why is it? Why it is in a little aft position? Is because immediately after landing, water started going inside in very much force from the mm-hmm. back door, the aft uh, doors. So that's why because the plane started
1: drowning. There are deployment pads uh, on the rear too. Rear too. So uh, I think uh, water started entering from the back. And that's why, as you have, I have, some of you might have seen in Titanic, it's like half yeah. Like yeah, yeah, half yeah, yeah. into the water.
2: Yeah, correct, correct, correct. So, the
0: police people, uh, all the rescue people had come immediately. Like, they were on their way as soon as... The, in the scene, in the movie also, we saw that a helicopter pilot was the one who sighted the aircraft. And then told, relayed the message to the ATC saying that he is diving for the river, he is going for the river, and he mm-hmm. sees the plane so actually going for the, going on, uh, landing, ditching in the river. Sorry.
1: So, what happened was that, um, as they told that they are going for the Hudson, mm-hmm. so there is, uh, every, every, every aircraft in the vicinity kind of, uh, conversation with the ATC. So, the mm-hmm. ATC yells, every every aircraft in the vicinity of uh, the particular spot so in this particular case it was the george washington bridge mm-hmm. so the message goes like this every aircraft in the vicinity of george washington bridge see for any 320 going for the river
0: yeah this is what the exact this is the exact thing what
1: the atc had told mm-hmm. so at so this message is for everyone so whoever uh looks out for the particular thing they are they, they they should be they are responsible. They are like, liable for it. Duty. They are liable
0: to say to the ATC yeah. that yeah I I spotted this aircraft.
1: Like they they have to uh, search for what ATC is saying and they, it's their duty to tell the ATC about the sighting mm-hmm. or what's up with the thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And as we go down here, you can see the plane almost now. to we can It's almost gone inside. All you can see is the. It sank. Yeah. It sank fully. You can see only the wing little bit out. And this is the rudder over here. There's a vertical stabilizer over here, a little bit. That's it. The rest of the thing is all gone. Mm-hmm. These are a few passengers. Like they are, I must say that these people would have been so grateful that they are still alive. And they were, most of them would be still in a shock that what actually have, what actually happened.
1: And oh, it's not. It's not that likely that uh, your air you have a dual engine failure and mm-hmm. you end up surviving the day. Surviving, yeah. And hats off to these people, like the rescue team. The rescue
0: people like, also did a very fantastic job by responding so
2: quick.
1: Yeah, like all of them worked. It was not only the police, it was the coast guard, the... Uh, what do you say? haha uh-huh, scuba cops and uh, the normal NYPD and the ferry as well and here ferry, you can see, ferry boats yep.
0: here you can see this particular person has been given so many blankets let me re- let let us remind you that it was in the month of january where in going, new york yeah in new york where if you have to leave your apartment you have to wear a proper jacket but these people had ditched into water which was in
1: minus degrees imagine you, how you might cold consider it was. you might consider wearing an overcoat over a jacket.
0: They people, after they landed, also, even after they knew that all the 155 passengers survived, they were still having doubts that people might die because of the cold. They might mm-hmm. die due to freezing. That could uh, be a possibility.
2: Hypothermia. Hypothermia. Yeah.
0: Here you can see everyone is covered. Every single passenger is covered. These are the, there you can see the plane over there. Oh man, that's a very bad, very, very bad sight to see. A plane <laughs> drowning. I bet that is the engine that was gone. We are not sure. We'll get back to the engine as well. Yeah, this is the geese that we were talking about. Mm-hmm.
1: The, geese, they right? they have, I think, they have a pattern in winter. So they, I think they move down south in winter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They go for south.
0: Why? You, oh, uh, they are shooting the geese. No, no, they are not. I was about to actually say this. They are not shooting the geese. They are trying to bird scare huh. them. They are trying to scare oh. the birds. Yeah. Every airport has it. I don't, I was about to say the same thing. They are not shooting them. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. See, a wildlife management officer fires a non-lethal pyrotechnique around to disperse birds from the runways and surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's Boston. Yeah, that is Boston. And here, yeah, this is, uh, Captain, Captain Sullenberger. Sullenberger. This is first officer Jeff Skiles, I suppose. Jeff Skiles. And Mm -hmm. I think this is the next slide.
1: Uh
0: Here, Captain Sullenberger, the one who, the man who... I think, can
1: you, can you, can you go up? Mm -hmm. I think that was uh, water salutes given to, being given to, uh, like, Sully.
0: Yeah, and it is in the same color of the airlines, I suppose.
1: Airlines logo, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Blue, white, red. Uh, or it's, it's America. The American flag. <laughs> or it's the American flag. It's America. Everything is uh, American there. <laughs> so yeah. So in the movie, we also saw that the NTSB was obviously NTSB will grill every single pilot who goes through an accident. Has to, it is NTSB their duty. has to go to the core of the accident. Why did it happen? What so, led to it? Yeah.
0: So the NTSB is actually the National Transport Safety Board. Basically, it is mm-hmm. a it is a government governing body of the U.S. which handles each and every aircraft accident or incident, be it small,
1: or be it something big like this. If you, small if in the if you're, sense,
0: Let's say a pilot is taxiing in a cessna 172 and he hits a light, taxiway light.
1: Like, that. Or he is, goes into a uh, he goes into grass. He goes into grass. That is also taken into account
0: by the NTSB. I've heard so many mm-hmm. times over the radio, when I will be taxiing to runways, that the ATC will tell some aircraft, please call at this number. And I'm like, yeah, his day is going to end very bad.
1: And uh, actually, it's a nice practice, bro. Because what happens is, um, someone ends up in grass, and you finding why it happened mm-hmm. might lead to something, or like extra presence, might demand extra presence of future pilots into the cockpit, so that they might not end up into the car.
2: Yeah, true, true, true.
0: They have to be strict because tomorrow people will start taking it very lightly. Oh, today I just entered into the grass, no problem. That small thing, one day might lead into a big accident.
1: You never know. You never know. And in aviation, um, it's a saying that accident happens in the cheese, in the something, I don't remember the, perfect, uh, the exact words, like the cheese model. So there are so many small holes in the cheese, which uh-huh. make up the cheese. So there are very really small, small, like minor incidents and accidents, uh, incidents that lead to a bigger incident. Bigger. Or bigger accident. Like small mistakes. There, there's, you will, whenever you are seeing any aircraft investigation, you will not see a big thing happening at once.
2: Mm-hmm. When you
1: go to its core, you will find out there were like tiny, tiny problems or mistakes. Occurring and no one was noticing it, which led to that big thing.
0: Yeah, like like uh, which one is this? The Lion Air crash or the Ethiopian Airlines crash? The 737 Max. 8, it, mm-hmm. both the planes crashed, killing almost 400 to 500 people together. But it started with what? Something which happened at the ground. Something which could have mm-hmm. fixed. Something which could have been fixed on the ground. Something which could have been fixed <laughs> by the maintenance people.
1: Which could have been taken seriously, seriously? and uh, the flight have would have not been, would, Flight would have not taken off.
0: Yeah. Now, even yeah. Now, because of that small thing which was not taken into account and not checked, the whole fleet is just stopped. Nobody can fly the aircraft until and unless again checks are taken. Again, everything has to go uh, by mm-hmm. by the rules of the FAA, then the EASA, then the DGCA, and whatnot. It's
1: been one and a half years now.
0: Yeah, and the biggest part was all those passengers could have been living today. Mm. Each and every one have been uh, would have been alive today. It's always something small, very small that it's a chain reaction. It's like a domino. <laughs> you push one thing, it no, falls, it. falls, 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 and then the major thing happens. So getting back to Cactus fifteen forty nine, like me and Mr. Gotham said it before, uh, it was like in the blink of an eye, so over here it's written that according to the CVR transcript at this time the captain stated birds and one second later the CVR recorded the sound of thumbs and thuds following followed by a shuddering sound, basically the birds itself. So like mm-hmm. how Mr. Gotham said that yeah it was not 5-10 seconds, it was blink of an eye. He said birds, and the next thing he lost both engines. And then, first off, the Skyle says, We got one rolling, we got one roll, and then he said, oh, Both of them captain. rolling
1: It's a captain. Yeah, it's a
0: captain. Sorry, it's a captain.
1: Captain. I can't, I can't forget the dialogue from Sully.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh oh. We got one roll, both of them rolling back. Okay. And then, a second later, a millisecond later, I guess, no, yeah, a second later, the captain stated, he, he tried to turn on the engine ignition. So, basically, he tried restarting the engines and see if the engines are going to be back alive or no. If
2: you can get any thrust out of it.
0: In case, even if it's running on idle or sub-idle, like how they said in the movie, he could have made it back to the airport. But, he could the have engine,
1: the could thrust to, to gain altitude or to gain, like, some distance.
0: A little extra thrust, he could have reached at least 3500 feet, that is more than enough for him to get back to the airport. But, there, there is a very good saying in aviation, that, uh, when your engine fails, no, yeah, so, a pilot has a brain, altitude, and airspeed. Okay? And when an engine fails, he needs only two out of these three things. He doesn't need all three. He needs either airspeed or altitude, a brain or an airspeed, and a brain <laughs> and altitude. And two seconds later, the captain, Sully, he said, I'm starting the APU, which is the auxiliary power unit. So, Mr. Gotham, you tell everyone, what is an APU?
1: Oh, the APU is like, uh,
2: what
1: do you say, like a third engine. Mm-hmm. It's just a unit which re, which is, which replicates an engine, mm-hmm. and it's at the back of uh, the airplane, like oh. where where you see the tail of the airplane, it's under that. Uh, or okay. if you see
0: in any plane, if you see a hole at the back, that is the basically the APU.
1: That's the outlet of outlet the, of the, the APU. Yeah. So the APU, as you, as as the name says, auxiliary power unit. So it's for the odd instances when the engines are not running. For example, whenever the plane is standing at the bay and uh, the engines are not started, so the aircraft has to get electrical and pneumatic, uh, a- a- uh, pneumatic supply from somewhere, either ground, like external sources, or some, or, or from the APU. Because the APU APU is a self-sufficient unit to provide the airplane with electrical and uh, pneumatic, uh, pneumatic uh, supply.
2: Mm-hmm. It's an independent unit. Yeah. So you don't have you don't have
1: to plug any wire into the APU. Yeah.
2: Uh um, it's basically one engine sitting in uh, the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that scene where uh, first officer Jeff Skiles is full on defending the captain. Uh mm-hmm. when the NTSP is grilling them. Uh he goes on saying that uh so today uh, no, he says that uh, we are alive. I think that's the uh, that's the part that you don't like. It started from there, and then he goes on explaining. As soon as the engines go back, uh, Captain Sullenberger, the first thing uh, Captain Sullenberger turns on the APU. So the NTSB tells he was simply following procedure, and nice. our First Officer Jeff Skiles is like, no, he wasn't.
1: He it was intuitive.
0: Yeah, he wasn't. According to the Airbus manual. Uh Turning on the APU is the fifteenth thing on the list to do, but Captain mm-hmm. Sullenberger did that immediately because he knew it. He just knew it. We are not going to make it back. He just knew it.
2: It's the gut feeling.
0: Gut feeling, like how he said, "I eyeballed I it." His forty years of flying, he relied on all the flights, and he was so, like, "Let's go for the Hudson."
1: For those who who think why he did uh, such such a like a thing, which was in a later part of the checklist, so it's basically uh, trying to get the screens, the screens which you see in a cockpit photo, like a big picture of a cockpit. If you see some screens, can you uh, Google yeah. it? So yeah, if you can see, can you point the arrow on these screens? Huh. So in case the engines fail, these screens yeah. are uh, these screens. These screens, yeah. uh huh. They are powered by the electrical system, which are on, uh, what what you say, generator bus of the, I won't complicate it, but just think of it like this. The engines are supplying the power, uh, to these screens and the electrical system when the, when, when you are in flight. So, as the engines have started rolling, back, now, rolling will, back. Uh, they are rolling back. Yeah, so, if they
2: would be rolling, this so wouldn't have happened.
1: It's not working. <laughs> okay, let's say it like that. So, w- what what's there to power these screens? Yeah, all or, these go
0: off. They just vanish. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh huh. So, to get them back as soon as possible, to get, because it was on such a low altitude that you need to have, you need to have, uh, some screens and some information of your airplane to, to think what to do next. So, he got the APO back and, uh, if if for those who who would have seen the film, uh, the cabin lights also went off after the world strike. Yeah. So the so the the passengers were uh, in kind in kind of a panic situation. So as basically, all the, the electric back,
0: supply in the aircraft totally
2: fails. Mm-hmm. Total. So as they
1: got the lights back, it was much calmer situation in the cabin too. So for those of you who have. No, like,
2: curiosity, curiosity yeah,
0: this is like, let's say, okay, it it doesn't have to be an A320, but in every plane, you can see this is the back part, this is where the APU is, like, uh, yeah, this is a much better the place. Point. where
1: the APU is sitting.
0: Yeah, this is the, where this is the particular, this is an APU, so this is the thing that supplies all the electric power in the plane, it has its own fuel, it also uses fuel and it has its own fuel. And it runs independently. It doesn't need an engine to run. So yeah, the NTSP obviously grilled them to the core, saying that no, you could have come back to LaGuardia, you could have come back to LaGuardia. In fact, you could have gone to Peterborough also. New yeah, York, New walked. So and Captain Sullenberger was like unable. We may end up in the Hudson. That is what he said.
1: Sometimes Sometimes see people say uh, even a ten thousand, even a pilot with ten thousand hours might end up doing a mistake.
2: Yeah. But
1: sometimes intuitions are are like what you say. Intuitions are greater than the calculations.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah. See, uh, you must have to rely. You must do the proper procedures. You must do everything by the book, but. When you know that something has happened to you which has never been taught to you by the book, obviously you'll have to go based on your intuition and based on what, what? you have experienced on your previous flights.
2: Basically like
0: extraordinary me and Gautam, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and Gautam were discussing the other day that uh how 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 why did he think that he could not go back to LaGuardia and we just ended up saying that once you are a pilot and once you're sitting in the seat and if you're flying the plane, mm-hmm. the plane Becomes your body part. You know mm-hmm. that you you don't tell that the plane won't be able to reach there. You know that you won't be able to reach there because you have no altitude, no speed. So this is why he chose that way.
1: The momentum that momentum that plane is having. You feel like it's your momentum basically. Yeah. So you know when whenever you are running, whenever you are just standing, you know what's gonna happen to mm-hmm. like whatever force you apply to your body. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, you know, okay, sometimes at lower, sometimes, sometimes at like marginal air speeds, you can make it to the what you say runway. Runway. And so, and the other pilot would 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 be thinking like, oh, I think we are slow. Even
0: though the uh, bus track happened here, mm-hmm. a pilot is also a human at the end of the day. He needs time to process what happened. Process it. Yeah. He needs to like okay, this is what happened. So now I'm supposed to do this. By that so time it's itself really, the plane reaches you. Uh,
1: so this is the place where he, he he already spoke to the ATC and the ATC gave him the turn. So he yeah. starts he he initiates his turn there. And if you see this is not very far from the bird strike area. So yeah. he actually processed it really well. So the path which you can see before the turn. Is the area where he turned, like he started, he, he started the, he tried igniting the engines again. He mm-hmm. started the APU and he spoke to the ATC.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he processed it pretty much, like, he processed it pretty good.
0: He processed it pretty good and when he, he also says that when I made the bank toward when I made the left towards LaGuardia, I saw that I simply do not have enough altitude and their airspeed also was less, very less. They were at 240 knots, I suppose. When uh, they show check. the scene where the where Jeff the first officer Jeff Skiles is check uh, going I through the QRH, they would
1: have been to 240 knots because they were on a climb phase. They were they were in the climb phase. But so I
0: think that's what, what they show like uh, in the what you say when the in the movie that's what they show right mm-hmm. that uh, when Jeff first officer Jeff Skiles is going through the QRH he says that we need minimum but 300 knots. Somewhere we can say somewhere, 200. but he was he was way below than what they needed. That's it.
1: That was so people might think that they could have came, like come back to the Laguardia. Laguardia, Laguardia. yeah. But if you see the runway orientation is in some way? So
2: yeah, you do have to
1: like they might have they might have lost a great amount of altitude,
2: mm. which
1: would have then led to uh, this thing a crash.
0: And bank so always keeps your altitude less until
1: and unless you have power. He kept it simple. So, and as the ATC gave him, uh, I think, turn of 220 degrees. 220 degrees, like, yeah. A heading of 220 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think so. He, he was like coming because back see, to the...
0: Because even, even if he had taken the turn towards LaGuardia, he had to come here and he had to align himself towards the runway.
1: If you see on the left, you can see another airport. I think that's
2: Peterborough. Yeah. On the left. Huh? That's Tritavro. Yeah, supposedly. Mm-hmm.
1: So if uh, he would have gone to Peterborough, he would have. Also, yeah. Like, that is that is
0: way out of option. That is like even further than the airplane touchdown zone from the Hudson on the Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is. Uh, no, I think that is uh, newer. Yeah, see, because here it's saying, uh, ATC is trying to communicate with the captain. Mm -hmm. You also got New York airport of your two o'clock in about seven miles. So yeah, I think he was somewhere here and this, yeah, this could be New York. So here you can see fatalities zero, passengers zero, and all the 155 passengers were
2: safe. Two pilots, three cabin crew, 150 passengers, all the 155 people on board. So why? I mean like, so when the, what do you say, uh,
0: when captain Sullenberger and first officer Skyles were called for the NTSB investigation uh, union, so there he, they showed them the simulators and in both, they had kept two scenarios, where in one, oh where is that gone, oh yeah, where in one, the, the pilots sitting in the simulator take off from Laguardia, hit the bird strike, they Immediately turn, come back to LaGuardia and land safely. They mm-hmm. take. A, they again the bus track happened. They immediately go to uh, Titoboro, New York. I'm not sure what happened there, but oh, yeah, New York. New York, yeah. So they went back to New York and they successfully landed. And then the captain used one word, one line. Can we get serious? <laughs> man. <now? laughs> oh man, that line. And everybody was like, what? What? What?
1: Everybody was speculating like the simulations clearly show like by that time, everyone was, uh, everyone was thinking the simulations clearly show they could have done it in a much better way that is uh, landing on the runway rather than landing on water. So mm-hmm. when he says that line, can we get serious now? Mm-hmm. So it's basically challenging the simulator and the, I, and the simulations happened for your information, the simulations happened in the ABUS uh, factory. Airbus, uh, office in this thing. Toulouse, France. Mm-hmm. In France. So he was, he, that guy, the captain was basically challenging the simulations at the manufacturer's office. Yeah. So just think, think <laughs> about, think about the amount of confidence he had on himself and the plane. And that was good confidence, not like poor Over confidence.
2: True. And,
0: uh, about this also, yeah. Uh, So, about this particular uh, scene where the NTSB tells the the pilots that the A-cars data, that one of the engines was at idle or sub-idle, which means it was still producing thrust. And Mm -hmm. Captain Sullenberger said, no, he felt it. There was no thrust. There was no thrust. He didn't feel it. Yeah, he didn't feel it. So, he again challenged the NTSB saying that the Aikar's data is wrong. And then again on the Union Day, the NTSB tells us that, yeah, they found the second engine and there were, uh, guide vanes, blades, fans, uh, uh, what you Which say? Which were damaged. Which were damaged and fractured. That means no thrust. No, th- yeah, so no thrust. <laughs> so, so they're like, like you said, the AKR's data was wrong. Oh man, that scene. <laughs> He he took, he took what you say, he took a stand against the whole NTSB, Airbus, the simulations, everything. And ended up being right. And ended up being right, obviously. So yeah, like how in this video, mm-hmm. the Hudson River is free of birds, uh, free of trees, free of buildings, free of people walking on the road. So if... Free
1: of any obstacle so
2: obstacle.
0: So if, if Captain Sullenberger had taken a chance of coming back to the runway, to the airport... And mm-hmm. if he would have not been able to reach, there wouldn't have been damage only to the aircraft and the passengers. There would have been a lot of damage even to the ground, even to the buildings. Yep. Most Basically, people have would have the,
1: been, would have died. The, the worst thing about uh, New York airspace is that it's a pretty busy airspace as well as there is, there are three runways, but then there is a lot of neighbourhood and housing in that area. It's one of the most so, populated
0: cities in the planet.
1: Yep so if if you end up having no power like this guy and you go into a neighborhood so you're not only uh, signing yourself up for death but you are like you are including other people too
2: mm-hmm.
1: true this is what like innocent lives yeah and now this is what
0: the plane looks like it is kept as a memory it is in a museum mm-hmm. You can always go visit this. It's
1: they have restored they have restored the airplane.
0: They have restored it, but the damage is still there. They've just restored the doors, I guess, and a part of the wing and stuff, but
2: the damage as you can see is still here. There's a lot of damage and stuff. Oh man, they this incident is like how to say one in a million.
0: We just don't know how to Say it, how much, how, how more to praise
1: the captain and how more to praise his decision. Like, like they say, your chances of surviving were one in a million. So, yeah. this was that one in a million. That's why this guy was like celebrated too much in, in, in yeah. the aftermath of whatever yeah, yeah. happened. Yeah.
2: True. Yeah. He deserves
0: it, he deserves it. He totally deserves all the praise and, and the he totally deserves the title.
1: And the best thing about this pilot, that uh, like Sali was that even after being given that fame and oh, uh, yeah, even after being given that fame and recognition, he never took it to himself. He was like, it was not only me, it, it was Jeff, me. it was uh, the cabin crew. Back, back there in the cabin who were handling the passengers. It the, was the
0: passengers as well.
1: Passengers as well. Uh, and uh, rescue teams. Mm-hmm. Like, He never said
0: that I did it. He never took full credit. We did it. Yeah, I I, I even laughed at that scene where the NTSB is telling him that remove you from the equation and math fails. So he's like, Mm -hmm. no, you're wrong there as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is not only me.
0: It is Jeff,
1: (laughs) it is Kevin Koo, everyone. It's continuous trolling. (laughs) 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 Oh man, he's, he's a savage. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he said it, he, he, he said it, he said it, we did it, we
1: survived. He, he he needs to get a thug life govel.
2: Yeah, yeah, he does need to get that govel. <laughs> oh, God. Oh.
0: So, yeah, so guys, hope you enjoyed it, because that's it for part one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's it for Cactus 1549. This is all we could share about. This is all the we could share. Our opinions, our views, and the whole story itself on the Cactus 1549 flight. So here we end our first part of, uh, why and how do planes crash? Uh, Cactus 1549. Hope you like this video. Please like, share, and comment down below on what you think, and how this, uh, about how this situation was handled. Uh, I am obviously pleased to watch the movie. But uh, yeah, we'll get back
2: to you soon enough. Stay tuned. See you. Take care. Signing off, me and Gautam.
1: Bye-bye, guys.